0: good morning you are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine that was Lissy with Go Your Own Way I hope your Monday is off to a great start if you've never heard my show before, this is Get the Funk Out, and I'm your host, Janine. I'm here till 9, excuse me, 10. <laughs> um, and if you visit the show blog, Get show.kuci.org, you can see, I think, every single guest I've had on since 2011. All right. Kicking off the show, I'm very excited to have her joining us, is Victoria Garza. She's an author of the forthcoming memoir, The Field, which is out November 15th from Jack Legg Press. And uh, a reviewer called it The Song of the Sister Who Died by the Sister Who Survived. She focuses on themes of coping, loss, healing, the metaphysical, queer identity, and more. And it is my pleasure to welcome Victoria to the show. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Janine. It's a pleasure to be here. Congratulations on your book. How does it feel to have this out in the world?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, it feels like completion.
0: <laughs> um, it feels
1: wonderful, actually. It's taken me a long time to, to be in this place, so I'm, I'm thrilled.
0: How long have you been a writer?
1: My whole life, actually, ever since I can remember. Um, but as a professional, um, in my adult life, I've been writing in different formats, whether journalism, um, documentaries, screenplays. I went to film school, so I was writing a lot of uh, narrative content, and then um, went into business, got into multimedia, content, creative direction, that sort of thing.
0: I saw that you went to NYU. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes, that's true.
0: That's amazing. And so as a a child writing, did you feel like this was your way to process things around you and deal with life?
1: Um, You know, it's it's a very interesting question. I think that this book was really born out of having enough distance between the adult writer and the child and the recollection of having to write or... Tap into or capture the voice, my voice as a young person. Yes, um, as a young girl, um, was really what was very peculiar about this experience. So it's almost as if I needed that much time to pass <laughs> before I could yes. look back and actually have something um, more than than just anecdotal narrative. Yes. Um, so that was really how those other threads kind of came into. Came into that.
0: It is really interesting as we get older because we obviously we have these memories, but then as we get older, I feel like we're able to analyze that memory in a deeper way. Obviously,
1: mm-hmm. yes, absolutely, you know? exactly what
0: happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so give us a sense of the book without giving too much away. Sure.
1: Um, you know, in, in May of 1978, my nine-year-old sister and and cousin died in a car accident, um, and while that is something that happens to many people um, in life, my grief resurfaced years later with this very surprising acuteness, and it was immediately after the events of 9-11, and I was living in New York and finishing my graduate degree at NYU um, at the time of that catastrophe, and so, you know, four months later, I moved to Los Angeles, and I started what eventually became uh, the field, and I didn't know it at the time. Um, so it it was a process of realizing, oh, after all of these many years, I think I might have something here. And of course I have author friends who thought, you know, you might want to consider the fact (laughs) or or admit to the fact that you have, um, a book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seemingly free associatively, you know, the field switches among these narrative threads. Um, and it, it is nonlinear, non-chronological. Um, but then ultimately it's just sort of my search, it's the archeology span of memory kind of search for that philosophical and spiritual and scientific implications of grief.
0: And uh, have you written things like this before, or is this the first one of its kind? I've written
1: highly, I've written highly personal narratives, but nothing like this. Um, nothing where um, I am diving into the family, or the family, the the sort of um, composite of family memory, and certainly um, I've never... Um, integrated highly personal accounts from specific family members as I do in this particular book um, and who also have an account or their own recollections of that day and and a little bit like a doc because I love documentary film a little bit like a documentarian where I um, interviewed and then sort of tried to capture in their voice um, certain recollections of of family members but no nothing nothing quite like this
0: and um what was the process like for writing this? Did you, you, you said you started this a long time ago.
1: Yeah. So I would write in fits and spurts. I would have, um, you know, I would say probably most of the childhood memory uh, anecdotes really came, came out full, fully. I didn't have to go back and I, did ha- I had to do very little work on those, um, on those um, sections or segments. Um, and then I would put it away. I would put the manuscript away um, and not touch it for a very long time. But what I was constantly doing and what many writers do, and they call it different things, is I was accumulating things that, that would remind me of something that I loved about this particular theme. And so all the while I'm reading, um, I'm an avid reader, and was, was kind of collecting these beautiful excerpts from whether it was philosophers or, um, you know, other writers or scientists and kind of collecting these things in what I would call like a compost bin. And then I would sort of move back to them. And so I would write a lot and then I would put it away and then I would pick it up again. Um, And it could be a year two years later, right? So much, a great deal of time had passed. Um, But it's only in the last, I would say five years that I earnestly started structuring and realizing this was the kind of book that I wanted to, to write.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Um, did you feel differently about anything when you got to the end of the book? Or did you also feel like a weight was lifted?
1: <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, <clears throat> you know what? I'm asked that, that question from friends and, I, and I, I think the logistics of saying, okay, I didn't want to spend – because I was writing and I was living and I, I had a life and it was very full and, and I had a profession – that was not about authoring uh, books. And so um, I never saw it as something that needed to uh, to get finished in, in a way. But I think that that's probably more of a an emotional, there's an emotional thing to that that I am probably haven't quite analyzed. But I was ready. Um, and I started a family of my own. And I had two children. And it was just, it, it felt to me like, I was ready to be done with this story on a very spiritual, emotional level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, that process of trying to get a book published is obviously very oh,
0: yeah. intense. Very.
1: It takes a lot of time. And um, you know, I was never in any rush.
0: Yeah, and then
1: when I realized that it was it was something that sort of needed to happen, the I would say it was relief, but it was also it was also this felt like I finally had something to offer my family. It was kind of a gift Mm -hmm. to my family for them to have um, this documented uh, for them as well. Yes. So that felt all right.
0: Well, everybody has their perspective, I guess, of what went down. And when no one is there to capture it, um, you know, that's not good. I feel like sometimes this has to be put down on paper so it can also be put in perspective and put to rest and give you some some levity because we hold on to things that are so painful. That's right. That's right.
1: And there's a and there's um this there's a healing process through all of that and for some there was this was my way, right? Mm-hmm. Like every, other everybody does it differently. Right. But um my way as a writer was to simply um, formulate thoughts about it, yes. and that is sort of what helped me heal. And of course, you know, entertaining a lot of other practices in my life that that allowed that as well. Yes, but definitely, the writing was was very healing.
0: Well, and it's interesting because even if people were to give you negative feedback or whatever kind of feedback, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not a lot of people uh, can do what you've done. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. so there's there's a talent and there's a willingness to go into those raw emotions and relive this pain and and that is a talent and something that we're just driven to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that um I, I think people's you know, and this is the documentarian in me, but I feel like everyone has a book and yeah. everyone's life is rich and there's only so much you can make up and the wonderful thing I love about documentary in general is that you you there are just things you cannot write. You cannot you cannot conjure. Mm-hmm. And that's so specific to everybody's individual life. Right. But, um, you know, my, my primary concern when I was writing this was like, oh, God, is it too self-important? Is it too much? Is it, um, is it too sentimental? Because that was the last thing I wanted. And while it's sad, um, I also really wanted to just, for my own personal edification, just explore the concept right, mm-hmm. and um, our cultural relationship to death, and so it just became much bigger than my own personal sorrow, but, um, you know, I hope people find that in it, in that sort of intertwined, right? I was never going to be someone who, who just wrote a narrative about the actual incident, um, and I was going to have to pull in other things.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. And so, tell me, what have you heard so far? I'm reading great reviews, great praise.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. I, I, um, you know, I think, I think also because of the sort of, <laughs> there's very few people who haven't experienced in some, some, some manner or another what it means to lose a loved one or to lose something that you yeah. care deeply about in life. So I think that the theme is obviously perennial and um, timely and timeless in a way, but. Um, yeah, I got. I I made a couple best November lists. Uh, Shondaland and Miss Magazine. Yay! Uh, Carlos Strand gave me a great review, and uh, Publishers Weekly came out with a really another lovely view, review last week. Um, and I also had a couple podcasts. I got onto a young person's um, book junkie podcast that talked about 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 grief from the relationship of children. Mm -hmm. Right, So it was really nice to be able to speak to, I think, a a much younger audience about what it might mean to to go through trauma and and loss. So it's been really really fun and and encouraging.
0: Amazing. Well, congratulations. This is a big accomplishment. Um, I want to share a little thing with you. So you probably don't know the backstory of this show, but I started Get the Funk Out when I lost my friend, back at the end of 2010 it was december 29th 2010. it was unexpected i was devastated i mean it seems like yesterday um Mm -hmm. and i took a year off from kuci and i decided to come back and do this show and call it get the funk out the time at the time my dad said you cannot do that <laughs> what are you thinking and i thought I oh, it's it. perfect well and the irony victoria is that he was the king of the f-bombs so that's the <laughs> irony with that and um so uh, maybe he misheard me so um mm-hmm. so over the course of several years i started thinking Wow! Everybody's sharing these stories of loss and suffering and mm. healing and everything you name it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I started collecting these stories, and um, it was so powerful. And I've always mm. loved to write, and I wrote a book. And I'm not going to self promote, but I'm just saying that the process of mm. putting grief um, to paper is so healing for me, for my guests, for and then t- getting to hear your story, other people's stories. It's just been so rewarding. What's
1: the, What's the name of your book, Jean? Uh, no it's fine
0: uh get the funk out bleep happens what to do next and again i'm not supposed (laughs) to self-promote but that's the i love it but it's really um different people from my show sharing things everything from cancer to loss to Mm. overcoming different things everything and it's um yeah it was so powerful Mm. and Mm -hmm. i was honored to you know include everyone and uh and so the show not only helped me move through grief because I believe if you mm-hmm. if you can find that purpose and meaning in your life find something mm-hmm. to put mm-hmm. your grief into it's so it boosts you it gives you optimism mm-hmm. you know Yeah
1: It does it does you're absolutely right and it changes your relationship to to life
0: yes. in general Yes you know
1: you only have a couple options when you when you when you go through something like that and so it changes you forever I think the better, but those people who have experienced something like that mm-hmm. really can tap into the mystery and the beauty of what it means to be alive in general. Right. Um, it certainly yeah. changes your perspective, and I get very, um, you know, I, I get I get very sort of curious. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if that would have been the case. Much more curious than I would otherwise.
0: So I want to ask you this, though, because I remember when I was writing my book or just doing the show, like, some mm-hmm. people they don't like to talk about the death of someone. Did you did mm-hmm. you ever find that people are like I don't I don't want to talk about that. I let's just put that to bed. And did you find that?
1: Um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really good. Like I didn't talk about it a lot, um, unless I was asked. But it's interesting that when I did start talking about it, the distance I had on it allowed me that. So I think it just depends on how much um, one has processed it, Mm -hmm. how much uh, it it has kind of bubbled up to the surface and you realize, oh, this is something that happens and will happen to every single person on the planet. That sort of realization um, changes your relationship to it so it's not so so just flat-out sad. It's also kind of mysterious and it's a, it's a process. I'm very curious now, um, the age I am now, how people actually transition through that, right? It is another stage Mm -hmm. that I find very, um, interesting. And, and the people who know uh, that their life is coming to an end. In other words, they have some sort of illness or, or chronic thing that they've been dealing with. That is a whole other, Process, right. Yeah. Then something that happens accidentally and, and you don't know it's coming. Right. So I'm very I'm very curious how that how that works for people and in um, and, and people's relationship to to the scene. But I, I've gotten mixed. It's sort of <clears throat> my own personal. It depended in the book. I, I quote um, there's a quote that I talk about where I'm sort of saying, well, I think it depends on how much I like you. Yeah. With respect to how much I'm going to tell you, <laughs> right? So yeah. that sort of like the, the the degree to which you are willing to divulge vulnerability yes. and to be, you know, completely bared, yeah, um, open is 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 dependent on who you're with and and how secure you feel. Yes. So it's it just yeah, I have found that to be very um, peculiar to each person.
0: And I will say this: when I wrote my first book, afterwards, people shared insight into the loss of my friend, and. And it was like another layer of discovery after the book came mm-hmm. out. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Did you find that? Yeah, is it?
1: Yes, that's mm-hmm. actually happening now. I have relatives who I love and adore but haven't been in touch with. My family's very large. And so we've all gone off and done our own thing. And I sort of left, left home, left you know, the area I grew up in. And, um, but I'm getting family members that I spent time with as a young person. Who knew me before my sister died, and who knew both of us? And um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, just reaching out to me That's great. <laughs> and, and giving me and offering me their memories, um, yeah. which is so amazing. Yeah. Uh, and 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 giving me their their take on how the book has affected them, and so as depositing these certain things that I I never remembered. Wow, which is really uh, it's a gift. It's really yeah. lovely.
0: You could maybe you're already going to do this, but you could be a contributor to some p- online publications and talk about what happened next, pretty much, after the book came out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's a great idea, yeah. Yeah. Well, we have to wrap up. Where can people find out more about you? Well, um, they can go to victoriagarza.net,
1: and, um, you know, they can take a look at some of the press that I've gotten. They can get a little recap of what the book is about and a little bit about me, Um, and then sort of, you know, routes people if they uh, are compelled to read more.
0: That would be great. I wanted to let you know that uh, all your information is on the show blog, which is GetTheFunkOutShow.kci.org, And this will be available as a podcast uh, later on today. Um, And uh, Mm. I will be back to you and send you a link.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much, Dee. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for the thoughtful questions.
0: Absolutely. Congratulations. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Victoria Garza calling in, author of the forthcoming memoir, The Field. And again, our our conversation will be up as a podcast later on today, and you can read up uh, about her on the show blog. If you want to find out about being a guest, you can send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E at KUCI.org. Really excited also for the second half of the show. I am going to be joined by UCI students Sandra Quintana and Marissa DeGeorge, George. They are both in the psychological sciences major at UCI, and they were just interns with me, and uh, they were part of a team of six, actually. They were outstanding. They were all outstanding. Uh, So that's coming up at 9.30. We'll take a little break, and then I'll be back. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.